Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reef Podcast. Today's guest is the creator of a show called The Mediation Files. Now this one was a bit interesting when I came across this because <laughs> I was sitting down and I was trying to figure out uh, what exactly you do. But before I go into that, welcome to the show, Ryan Keith. How are you doing? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, See, okay, this is interesting because sure. your show, from an outsider's perspective looking in, okay, the, the, the setup of the show is you have a few people and you're the mediator. Right. And you are mediating a, a, like a, you know, a squabble or a situation. And to be honest, when I looked at that, I was like, that's brilliant. That's a fantastic concept. I've never seen that before. Um, if, if, it's, if it's been done before, I haven't seen it. Uh, but, big but. So, and of course, when I reached out to you, I was like, these are actors, right? And you were like, yes. And you were very transparent about that straight away. And I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. And when I was planning the research for this show, um, because I'll just say as well, everyone that ever appears on the show, I want them to come off the show in a positive light. You know, pe- look, people look at them, them favorably, stuff like that. So this isn't me mocking you or sure. trying to destroy the structure of your show. I just want to understand. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just absolutely, want to absolutely shoot away, shoot away. Listen, everybody, I get so many questions about this show. <laughs> and from an outsider view looking in, it's just a weird show. <laughs> you know. How long have you been doing a, it now? Uh so now it's I want to say two years. Damn. Two years now. Okay. You know, and like you mentioned, I mean it's a weird show. The hardest part is finding people, you know, trying to collaborate, the time schedules. Um, with people because we have people from all over the world, yeah. right? We have people from England, uh, Canada, uh, Australia. Like we have people from everywhere. And so collaborating the time zones, I think, is one of the hardest parts about doing this, you know, when you want to reach out and not just stay in the States. Okay. But like when you – what I'm trying to understand with this, right, is yeah. why not just do it for real? Why have actors? I don't get that. Please explain this to me. <laughs> okay. Um, so, if you, like you said, you watch the show and, and things like that. And the motivation came from, obviously, court shows, you know, judge shows, things like that. And one thing I noticed is that a lot of people are scared to have their real problems come out, right? So, as out of the world as my show is, right? It's all written, I wrote it. It's hard to find people that are like, okay, absolutely. You know, I did have this issue with a babysitter who was an arsonist and she kidnapped my (laughs) kid and, you know, it's hard. But at the same time, you know, I didn't want it to be like uh, regular court shows where they're kind of, I found them to be kind of bland, right? I I found them to be very normal and, and just what you would expect, typical, um, so I wanted to make something outrageous, you know, completely out there. And I knew only a select few people would actually be into this because there are so many people that have turned it down and I can't do this. Even if it's scripted, I can't do this. I can't do this. And it's like, so that's where I knew easier to go scripted than to go real. I don't know if maybe you've considered this before. But like, okay, I'll just say this now. I want this show to succeed. I really do. Because I think that there's a lot of potential in this idea, but it needs a major tweak. I think that 
it doesn't make sense. And this is the thing I showed it to a housemate of mine. And I was like, hey, look, check this out. And I was like, this is scripted, right? Like, I'm not imagining this. And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay. So, and then I started sitting down and then we had a laugh about it and stuff, but it was fun. And it, don't get me wrong, it's entertaining, but yeah. I, I just couldn't get for the life of me understand like the motivation behind it. And we'll, we'll get into your goals and motivations in a second, right? For just sure, in sure. general at, at large. But as far as the structure is concerned, have you ever thought about maybe, because you said that your problem is that you've had difficulty finding people that would do this for real. And I completely understand that. It's, you're throwing yourself out there. It's, you know, it, it can only really bring negative things, especially when it's a problem like this. And I was wondering, like, what if you would get people to agree to share their stories, but get the actors to portray it? So you can sort of say like, oh, hey, this is, these are all true stories, but these are paid actors and it's like transparent. So it's like, it is real, right. but it's played out by actors. No, that's a, that's a good idea. That's, <laughs> that, no, that's a very, I like that. I, I never really thought of that. I always just thought about skipping the middleman, you know, okay. of the real story, of the real stories, right? Uh, skipping the, you know, and I was like, well, if somebody's going to come up with a crazy story, I can come up with a crazy story, okay. right? I can come up with something completely ridiculous, you know? Um, but I like that idea, actually, of having people come up with their real stories. I just don't know how absurd they're going to be. And that was the key to, to the whole show was just absurdity. You know, nothing serious, you know, borderline of this is realistic, but probably not you know kind of that borderline and so that was uh that was the passion like that was the motivation i think okay. for this but here i could put out my feelers definitely and if people came on they're like okay i have this story but i want to remain anonymous completely anonymous i have this story then that would definitely give me more stories to tweet i just feel like it would be more compelling if it was if it was real like that's the the kind of the difficulty that I have with this idea. It's not that it doesn't yeah. have potential, although it's not good because yeah, yeah. I, I sat down and <clears throat> to be honest, the most important thing is, is a show entertaining? This is entertaining, but it's, it's a bit like professional wrestling. Now bear with me on this analogy, but okay, you know, like, I'm listening, I'm listening. You, you know, like when you're watching it and you kind of get pulled and suckered out of it because something will, um, what's, the, what's the expression they use? it will, it makes it difficult for you to suspend your disbelief. I feel like the fact okay. that you know that it's not real, maybe wrestling's a bad example because everyone knows it's not real. Uh, right, right. But, but maybe like that kind of sucks it out because then you're wondering like, oh, well, what, is the mo what is the purpose here? What's the, what's the point? You know, if the point is to just share fun stories, I get that. It's like storytelling, it's fun. It's, I, I get that. Um, right, right. But I feel like, especially with the rise of, uh, popularity in things like true crime and like reenactments. I know here in the UK we, we've got like so, and this has been happening for many, many decades. Like these reenactment yes. shows where it'll be, they'll tell you, they'll show a, a scenario and they'll deconstruct it with like quite graphic kind of reconstructions, but they'll use paid actors, and it's quite compelling and it's quite, I suppose, visually stimulating because you're not only are you hearing the real people involved or you know people close to them or something like kind of talking about it maybe it's investigators whatever the case may be but you're kind of 
also getting the adage of of seeing like a visual interpretation of it so it kind of helps you visualize this the situation gotcha and i feel like with with this idea it would be i, I feel like it would take off if, if it was based on a true story i really do i think there's something to that okay no i i get it and a lot of my stories don't come from just my mind they're mm -hmm. tweaked you know based on what i've seen like the example um, one of the last episodes I did was called St. Augustine. And I don't know if you saw that one, but that was basically, uh, that was based off a guy, a story I got from actually one of my, um, I don't want to say co-writer, but he gives me ideas a lot. Um, and that idea was based off a guy who uses uh, inmate searches to find women because he wasn't good on Tinder or Bumble. So what he would do is he would go to the prison inmate uh, search website and he would bail out random women and they would have to come home with him. And so that was the basis of that Sorry. idea, but it was a real story. And then it got tweaked to, you know, however it, it formulated in the, um, <laughs> in the show. Back up, back up for a second. This is a thing you can, yeah. <laughs> there's a director. Yeah, you this can... is a you can date I didn't Christmas? know about it either, but like I said, one of my co-writers, he told me, he's like, yeah, man, there's, there was this guy in St. Augustine who he would bail out these random women, spend this random money on these women, usually low, you know, low money, and they would have to come home with him. And then when he was done with them, he'd either get them hooked back on whatever substance they were on and then just, <laughs> then they just throw them out. And I was like, that sounds like a great story. Okay. We can make something out of that. Wow. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Did you did you and not so, did you not question your friend for that? That sounds a bit dodgy. I, I mean, you've seen the rest of the show. Most of these, you know, <laughs> the episodes are a lot dodgy. So, you know, I I didn't. They're I not real they though. To... That's the thing. If they were real stories, I would I'd be like, oh my god. Like I remember the first yeah. one that I saw was something like, and I nearly believed it was it was true. And then I saw a few clues here, and then I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. It was it was like a guy. <sighs> Doing, doing something where he was like trying to screw someone over with relate relation to like gas or something and that, and actually that one was legit that was the debt settlement episode that one that debt settlement is legit again that's just you know you try but they're, to, they're actors they're, they're actors in that they, particular one they are actors okay but yeah. the stories are coming from you know the stories are coming from real life it's just they're actors but yeah Okay, so uh, this is this gets more and more. Uh, the further we go down this rabbit hole, the more interesting this gets. So, like, there yeah. are true elements in what you're doing. It's just oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In every one of these stories, there are pieces of 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 truisms in it, like the debt settlement, like you just mentioned. I mean, you pay debt settlement companies to basically settle your you know settle your debts, and he got screwed over because she didn't know what she was doing. So that was you know realistic, and most of them have some ring of truth. They're just kind of stretched in a little different, uh, different direction is all, you know, with a little fabrication to make so, it a little absurd. So what are your goals for this show? Like, what are you trying to do? Do you want to pitch this to like, I don't know, Netflix or something, or are you, are you trying to scale it up? Like what, what's the purpose? Um, it just started off as a fun thing, honestly, just to, just to get the creative uh, juices flowing, just to keep my creative mind flowing. Okay. But I think inevitably, um, I mean, I want to become a writer, you know, I want to become a, a writer as far as being on camera and things like that. 
you know, I don't mind, but I like being behind the camera a little bit better, you know, video editing, producing. I like that kind of stuff a little bit, a little bit better than, than being on camera. Like I said, I don't have that charisma that you have to be in front of the camera, you know, where people are like, oh my God, but behind the camera, that's what I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with. I, I get it. I get it. Like, for, for me, I'm, I'm fascinated with the filmmaking process. Like if I'm ever okay. on set, like I love obviously being on camera, but I also, as soon as the scene is done, I'm like right there behind the director, like, oh, we could try this or what about this? Or like, yeah. like I, I suck at writing, but I'm an ideas guy. So that's where I love to be like that creative. But, but I totally get that, man. Like it's, we all have the places that we're more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and once, you, once you start exploring that, it just yeah possibilities are endless you know that's what it is is once you get into the world i think once you get into this entertainment world you know and you realize um because the biggest revelation for me was i lived in california um and once i was in like north hollywood i realized i was like man you know being on tv and kind of getting in the industry it's not as difficult as you might make it you know you might make it feel it's not that bad. Like once you get like a little bit of a taste of it, you want more. And then you want to figure out where your niche is and where you're comfortable. But then you're also wanting to learn every part of the industry. And you're like, okay, I see people on TV. Okay, I can do that. Okay, I can do that. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Once you've done it once or twice, and you're like, oh, I can conquer this mountain a little bit. I think it depends though. Like Okay. One thing I've I've learned recently is 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 so important to to work on your reputation and and yeah. how you present yourself. And like for instance, I've had opportunities here in England to, to be on television for like reality stuff, right? As you said, okay. like it's really easy, especially with reality stuff, to get on TV. Like uh-huh. any old person can get on TV, but like whether or not it will actually be beneficial for you is another story. Because I mean, that show could make you look like a fool on purpose you know mm-hmm. and they can and they can do that maliciously by like you know cutting things up. like that's why I, I never used to understand growing up but now i fully understand it when people say oh right. that, that was taken out of context that's what that mm-hmm. means that means if they've totally changed something up maybe, maybe made it sound a lot worse than it is or make make it make exactly. you sound right yeah as like, i remember I, I don't know if i've told this story before actually but um i remember i was applying for something in the states some sort yeah. of like weird youtube game show and um the only reason i applied was because i think they said like oh you get some imdb credits and you get like shown on this youtube channel and they you know i was sucking in it's like oh it looks like a real opportunity right yeah and then uh, we get through to or i get through to i guess like the casting stage so you've got the, the casting director um or like, i don't know it wasn't like an official director it was just i guess like a kind of assistant who's managing these sessions and okay. then you've got about 20 other people in there right and um it's presented as like oh have fun you know take part in each round and then <laughs> round by round we're gonna kind of kick people out and then we'll have our final participants that will get through to go into the show right that's not right. even the worst part <laughs> i'm getting that so yeah, like, i was say that sounds rough okay it's, it's rough like that the first round was brutal like immediately after the first round um the assistant turns to like the guy who didn't really speak much and she's like oh yeah so you were you were kind of boring and you didn't do anything so we're gonna let you go and it was like Rah. like 
you didn't really even engage with him. It was it was basically the way they presented it was, oh, you know, be entertaining. Just just yeah. do it. Just be it. So you had to like kind of dance a bit. You know what I mean? And it's like mm-hmm. that sh- that shit's embarrassing, man. Like the way <laughs> I refuse to do that. And I would, so I, was, I observed that and I was like, wow, shit, this is brutal. Rounds keep going. I make a, I make a genuine mistake. Like I spoke when I shouldn't have. Like there was a rule where you weren't supposed to to speak during someone else's round or something. I made a mistake, right? Yeah. But the, <laughs> the secretary like just comes for me. She doesn't know it's, it's me initially, but I'm an honest guy. So I owned up. Yeah. What she said was like, oh, who spoke? Who spoke in this, in this particular section? Someone spoke. And I'm like, oh, that was me. Yeah, it was a mistake. Blah, blah, blah. And it's sure. just like, oh, you, you were, and it got really serious. She's like, you, you, weren't, you weren't supposed to speak. That was the wrong thing to do. You were not supposed to do that. And I was like, hey, it's fine. Like, and I had to mediate this situation. So I'm not the leader of this. I'm just a guest. Yeah. I had to be like, you know what? It's okay. I'll just leave. No worries. Thanks for your time. And there was just an awkward silence. And I saw some of it. And bear in mind, this is grown adults. We're grown adults. Some sure. of these people in this room, 30s, 40s, right? <laughs> like, it was like being at school. You know when someone did something wrong and everyone's like, oh, ooh. Like yeah. It, 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 was, it, it was like, I was like, are you people for real? Like, what playground shit is this? <laughs> I, I, what? You know? And then I just left and I was, I, immediately I was like, well, I dodged a bullet there. Like, what the fuck was that? But my point with all of this is that you get these opportunities. There's always opportunities, but whether or not they're the right opportunities for you, both now and in the long term, it's another story. So, yeah. You yeah no, you're right. And, 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 but I, I also think that the way society and media and, and television movies has shifted, right? Because like you said, you know, you go on a reality TV show and they can make you look like a fool, right? They can make you look, you know, just completely like you have no idea what you're doing in life. Like you can't, you know, walk across the street without holding somebody's hand. But now the most absurd talent gets rich and gets famous and gets, you know, acknowledgement, right? It's that thin line between, okay, this person is legitimately talented, or we can use this person because people love how just come you know what i mean completely ridiculous they are you know you look at some of these shows that we have now and you're just and you're watching them and you're just like man this show is crazy there's no talent here there's nothing but they're famous they're rich (laughs) you know what i mean they get all the spotlight so there's that fine line of do you take this project because it may launch your career or do you not take this project because you don't want to be seen in a certain way and it might take you longer to get, you know, to launch your career. And there is that thin line, especially now, you know, you look at all the TV shows out there, half of the TV shows have no talent. It's just shock value or it's just for views or it's just for distraction purposes. You know, the, you know, writing is completely changed nowadays to, I guess, what everybody wants to see. So it's a thin line. Is that, does that kind of make sense? No, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I think you see that a lot on like TV soap operas, which obviously yeah. are perfor- you know, designed to be formulaic. And, you know, but you see the same stuff again and again and again and again. And as you said, it's just continual shock value because that's what gets attention. But I don't know. I feel like 
it all comes down to that 15 minutes of fame thing. Okay. Like becoming famous used to be a big deal mm-hmm. you know, many decades ago. Now, eh, not so much, you know, any, any, anyone. Yeah. It's not. Like I'd, I'd, so, I'd sooner be respected than famous, to be honest. Because that's a whole other thing as well. You, you can be famous, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're respected. <laughs> like in your industry as well. Like that's... I mean, because you, sometimes you hear about people, don't you, that are like really famous in their industry. Like, let's say a really famous director that you probably never even seen or heard of. Mm-hmm. Or well, maybe you heard of them, but you just never seen a picture of them. Never seen them, like, yeah. Right, yeah. But like everyone in the industry just goes on about them. Like actors, writers, sound engineers, everyone's like this person, amazing. And stuff like hearing stuff like that really ch- kind of changed my opinion and, and mindset towards these things. Like, like I'm, I'm an aspiring actor. Right? I'm trying to get into the industry. And what I'm learning now more and more is that it's, it, is, it really is a craft. And there's a difference between people who, who, are, who think they're better than everyone else and go into it with that attitude uh-huh. in order to kind of, I don't know, assert dominance, I guess. Um, but that, that's their mentality, I suppose, is to become rich and successful and famous and all that. And then there's everyone else that wants to be an actor because it's what they dreamed of and what they dream of at night. And, you know, and it's like, like, I'm always honest about this stuff. Like, would I like to be, you know, rich and and have fans and stuff? Of course, who wouldn't want that? Right. But what's more important? What is more important for me? It's to get to do what I love for a living. Like, I don't care if it's like, you know, big Hollywood movies or just small independent movies. Like if I got to do acting for a living and that was my job, I'd be, I'd be in heaven. I'd be more than happy with that. I've met people. I've had people on this show before who are career actors that, you know, have done so many different um, productions, but you've probably just never heard of them. Some of them maybe, but you know, more not, you probably haven't, but they're happy. They're right. really happy. And that's what I look at. Like, are you happy with what you're doing? And then, and then success as well. Like I, I get people in my live stream say this a lot. Like, what, how do you define success? Because I sometimes will often say, I'll be like moody. I'll be like, oh, I'm not a success. You know, I'm going nowhere. And they'll be like, well, you are a success. Depends how you look at success. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It does. It does. It's what's success to you. And, and you know, to bring up your point, as far as just the acting thing and, and the two sides of the acting part, right? Um, so when I would do a lot of extra work, you know, my whole thing was kind of staying in the background, you know, not really talking, you know, doing what I was supposed to do when somebody would, a director, produce, you know, whoever would say stuff, you know, move here, move here, you know, do all that kind of thing. But I would always listen to everybody around me. And listening to everybody, you could kind of tell, like you just mentioned, the people that are, I'm just trying to be rich and famous, or this is my craft. I actually enjoy this, right? Because you have two, you have that one person that's like, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, you know, to assert, like you said, assert dominance, right? Oh, I was on this show, or oh, I was on this show, as I was on this show. And you look at them, and the first thing that always comes to my mind would be, you know, obviously I'm not gonna say anything because I'm just listening, but I would say, I would think to myself, well, it's funny, you are on all this stuff, but we're all still right here, right now, doing the same extra role, you know? So I get you're trying to show all the things that you've been on, but, you know, we're still doing the same thing. But then you have the other person on the other side of it who just sits there, like you said, it's just quiet. You can tell that they're legitimately 
into it because they're focused on the production. They're focused on what's going on with the director, what the actors are doing, how the actors are uh, portraying themselves, how they carry themselves, how they're handling themselves. And so you see two different sides of that. But, you know, ultimately success is whatever it is for you. I will say right? this. I agree. Mm. And I've met a lot, you know, I've done plenty of extras work myself and you hate, yeah. people make careers out of that stuff. Like for yeah, real. Oh, and, yeah. You get into an extra union. Yeah. You get in a career. You're, you're pretty much set. But then to put this into context as well, for people that aren't familiar, imagine a job where, okay, sometimes you have, you have to work like really long days, like 16 hours a day sometimes, but sometimes it'll be like, Oh, we just need you to sit in the background for like four hours and just have coffee and pretend to have a conversation and we'll provide you free drinks, free food, free everything. Yes. Sign me up. Great job. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, cause it's all about attitude and I I've seen what you're talking about here in England again, 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 again. And, but I think that productions don't do themselves or, or, the, or the extras any favors. Oh, I'll give you the example. Yeah. There's been productions I've been on where the crew really, or like whoever, I don't know, production assistants, whoever is in charge of like moving around the, um, the actors, right? They'll be like, oh, everybody move, like the lead actors need to be here, you know, like background, move out of the way. Da, 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 da. Like they, 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 they create that divide. They create, mm -hmm. and then I think for certain people, when you hear the word extra or, or here, they, they often refer to it as essay, supporting artist. Um, there's already like a stigma attached to it. And I don't, okay. think there I don't think there should be. I mean, yes, you are paid less than the regular crew. And yes, you won't get sure. screen time. You'll just be in the background. But like, it's a, it's a role that's, that's needed and very important. And uh, sometimes it's really, really important. For example, like I did some ADR stuff recently. For, and for those who okay. don't know, uh, ADR is basically just um, providing like dubbing for the background of, of, of a scene. Uh, because okay. often you can't use the audio that was originally recorded. So you have to, you know, it's, it's quite interesting actually. you, you sit in and, and kind of look at a scene from a show or a t or a movie or whatever. And then you have to kind of guess how the actors would sound and kind of just input conversations in there. It's, I don't know. I found it fascinating and it was a great paycheck as well, by the way. So please. See, and, and that's it, a passion for the, that's a passion for the industry right there to be able to do that. So I loved it. Good. It was so fun. Like I've, I've had yeah. a lot of fun experiences since, since I've been pursuing this, like acting and voice acting. And that was definitely one of the best. Plus the paycheck yeah. was amazing, man. <laughs> Sign me up. That's, oh. that's another thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's another thing that I, that completely blew my mind in this industry is that how much, I mean, how much money just go, you know, just goes around. It's almost like an infinite amount of money. Once you get the right part, it's almost like an infinite amount of money. You know, and you're just like, wait a minute, for two hours, I just got paid this for two hours? You, you, know, really? what's you know what's brilliant is like when you do like a commercial and it's like a really embarrassing one and they do the buyout, which is really good. Yeah. So you get paid, you get the buyout, which is almost like triple what the flat fee is. And then they don't yeah. use it. <laughs> yeah. so it's like, yes, <laughs> yes. I know. I, I, like I said, I, that's, I can honestly say that's one thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, when you think of actors and stuff like that, you think of rich, famous, blah, 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 blah. But like on a lower level, when you're doing commercials, when you're doing, you know, just little things, you're like, wow, there's a lot of money in this industry. Mm -hmm. it, it literally infinite amounts of money in this industry, you know, that people can do. But you know what? One thing I've realized, and I don't know if you've had this too, um, 
like anytime you tell somebody, like everybody thinks of actors and, and actresses. And if you tell somebody, oh, I write or I act mm -hmm. or, you know, I sing, they are, they automatically look at you like, oh, no, you don't because you're not rich and famous. You know, if they're not in the industry, they don't understand that, you know, just because you might not be rich and famous doesn't mean you still don't act or, or sing or write. And I've had that so many times where somebody will ask, well, you know, like, what do you do? And I'm, you know, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, passion projects and, and things like that. I'll say, but, you know, I like to write and occasionally I like to, you know, act if, if the mood, you know, suits me or whatever, I'll get on camera. And then they'll just look and it may be different here in like a mid, in the Midwest area, but in the Midwest area, people just look at you like, uh-huh, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, like it's no, like you're following a dream, mm -hmm. but because you're not rich and famous, you're, you know, it kind of means nothing. And I don't know if you have that or, you know, yeah. you're probably more of a community. No, no, acting, no. So. I mean, it, it, uh, totally, but it, you'll hear it in a different way. Okay. In, instead of, oh, no, you're not, it will be more like, so what have you been in? And then you say, <laughs> so like, for example, like my biggest name drop is always like when, when you want to impress someone, they'd be like, oh, I was an extra in Tenet. It's like, oh okay. wow, that that sounds so big, right? That's such a big deal. Not really, uh, you know. <laughs> right, I, exactly. Like, like it, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. It was a fun experience. Yeah. I got to, you know, I was within probably a foot of 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 Christopher Nolan, and I got to see his whole process, and that was interesting. But it was also sixteen hours a day for four weeks, <laughs> yeah. standing around doing nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's extras work is not easy <laughs> yeah. um and and then quickly you know you kind of realize that oh, okay this is this is the industry this you know it's mm -hmm. a lot of this and um <laughs> there's there's things you learn as well extras work makes me laugh because like when you first get into the industry and you've never done it before yeah. and and they they try like they you should always get paid for extras work i'll just say this now right. you should always get paid but sometimes they'll try not to pay you and they tried to do this with this production initially, but then they eventually had to pay people. But they were like, or a oh. huge production like Tenet? It well, initially it was advertised that way. So you have to understand that, like in a, in the country we were in, we were in a country called Estonia. So this was, it was okay. filmed in a lot of different areas, and this particular movie was like a collaboration between an Esto Estonian agency and then uh, like American British um, agency that were working together. And initially okay. it, it said something like, oh. Um, <laughs> I, love, I love this I've seen this in so many adverts for like movies and TV shows you'll get paid an exposure ah, which, yeah which that, don't get me wrong if, if I was offered like a part in a feature film tomorrow and I wasn't going to get paid for it but I know it's going to be on say like Amazon Prime or something I'm down for it let's do it right because mm -hmm. um, if nothing else I can use it for my reel or something it's right. something Right, it's an, and I'll learn, and it's an opportunity to act on screen. Mm -hmm. But when it's extras work, I mean, more often than not, you're not even seen, and if you are, it's for like a mm -hmm. second, and like you're not the focal point, and it's so. So really, why why do why do extras work? Well, the money, uh, the experience. Right. Sometimes it's interesting. I mean, if you get to be like in Star Wars as a clone trooper or something, then it's going to be fun, isn't it? Um, yeah. Or like a Viking movie or something. 
uh, and then also like the connections who you meet like that's whenever i'm deciding on on whether or not to do a project it's i'm mm-hmm. it's always like money connections uh filming opportunity like it's i try to weigh these things up and see if it's worth it or not and and base sure. my decision on that but yeah bringing it back to the original point um outsiders looking in it's it's what's the biggest thing you've been in what, what would i know oh, oh okay you've not been anything oh okay or right. <laughs> exactly like and this uh, i've got people i know that say this to me they'll say something like oh that's a nice hobby yeah e- uh, exactly uh, it's like ripping my heart out man but they but, don't understand that but, there are steps to get to where you are trying well, to go to be fair they don't necessarily know that it's my passion and, and what i'm trying to do in life but i think um it, different people have different mentalities of, of these things like acting is and i knew this before going in like i knew this i remember working when i was a lot younger in like supermarkets and stuff and i I knew people that were actors that were trying to break into the industry and they've been doing it for years and it was really hard and thankless and they were very like i remember one guy i met he was this really flamboyant gay dude that was just like a bundle of joy like really nice guy fun he used to do like pantos and stuff um and we would talk about acting every once in a while and he would just it, it was kind of like a bittersweet thing like he would be like oh you know it's it's hard and you know i get to do these pantos and stuff but you could tell there was a bit of like his dream is dying in his voice like he oh. he was trying but it just wasn't working out but he was putting his heart and soul into it and that kind of made me realize like this dream that we have of getting into this industry and doing this for a living is a lot about luck it's hard work but it's i mean people always call it catching your lucky break don't they um they do but they do that's the thing there's so many factors to this like getting representation um being cast in something big i mean sometimes as well it will be a situation where you'll get cast for a while and then and then it's kind of nothing after that like for example i was watching this um this old movie with a housemate of mine he's a big movie buff right we sit and watch movies every once in a while it's awesome and we were watching um like a tim robbins movie it's a really, really good okay. movie. If, if no one's seen it, go check it out. It's called Jacob's Ladder. I think it was released in like yeah. early 90s. You've seen it, yeah? Really, really good. And um, obviously that was released maybe a year or two or around the same time as The Shawshank Redemption, which is arguably the, the biggest movie that Tim Robbins is known for. Point is, anyway, he was around that time, off the back of that movie, he got loads of roles for the next say, five years. Uh-huh. And that's quite common for most actors. You know, you, you, you get your big break and then you get a bunch of roles after that. And you just keep going and keep going and keep going. Momentum, momentum, momentum. Yep. Right. And you want you want to keep pushing it forward. Keep your name out there. Not Because you know what can happen <laughs> right. if, if you go and, under. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't think there's, I think, look, why, why do you do a job? You do a job to make money, to, to support right. your family, to support you, to keep going, right? In acting, you've got this opportunity potentially to make millions, which would set you up for life. Right. But, it, but it's not all about money. It's about the passion and, and the craft. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you make your millions, but you, you want to keep doing this. I mean, uh, that explains why so many actors continue to do it to this day, even though they made their millions probably like 20, 30 right. years ago. They do it for the Even passion. if it's small parts, just cameos, even if they just sure. appear for two seconds or like, uh, um, mm-hmm. oh, uh, well, Bill Murray. Right. You, you, you know, you're going to see Bill Murray and he's making cameos. He's not going to, you know, he might not necessarily be in a full out movie, maybe here and there if he feels like it, but, you know, he's mostly making cameos. 
Well, although his last movie was pretty good. The last one I saw, the uh, there was one about zombies or something like that. That was actually yeah. Pretty... It was it's good to see him on on screen for more than five minutes. You know, it's, it's it like is. yeah, man, you forget, don't you? How? But I, I think for a guy like Bill Murray, I mean, I don't know him specifically if, if this is how yeah. he feels, but I know that there's probably a lot of actors out there that maybe they just lost their interest. You know, like you do something for for a long time, and then you can sometimes fall out of love with things like. With, with me and music i i adore music i've been a musician my whole life but yeah when i was growing up i that was the only thing i ever wanted to do and i pursued it and i tried to get that goal and i did it for many years and sure. then you know i i gave up on that dream and you know years later i've i've i'm, I'm writing music again and i play regularly but i don't want to be a full-time musician anymore okay like, like I, you like acting better yeah well i fell in love with acting that was a passion okay. that came later in life but um they're, they're very similar that's mm -hmm. i kind of realized that the acting is very similar to music in many ways particularly from the kind of performance perspective um, okay. but i guess my point is i don't have the same passion for music that i once did and so i understand that like time and life experience can make you not necessarily fall out of love for things but like feel differently about them you mm -hmm. know time changes a person and experiences change Absolutely. a person and yeah, absolutely I, I, naturally right. you're just gonna go towards where you want to go to you know and and like you said you know music you loved music and you did music and then acting you start acting you're like oh i like this this is this is my passion and so you kind of grew out of that but the music aspect of it is still in you it's sure. just the acting love has overtaken that for now and who knows in a, yeah. you know, a couple more years you might be back to the music thing where you're like okay acting is cool but now I love music. Like you never know because you just grow, you keep growing as a person. I honestly would love to, I mean, I can't, that's a problem with me in my life is I, I can't decide what I want to do. So I just try and do everything. <laughs> Jack of but, all yeah. trades, master of none. But let's, let's bring it back to you, man. Like, okay, so you want to be a professional writer. What, what kind of other works have you, have you worked on? You said you've done acting. Like lay, lay us a kind of a breakdown of Ryan Keefe, the man, the myth, the legend. Like what, what have you done so far? And okay. what have you learned? So um, what I've done so far, dramatizations, uh, this is on my acting side. This is, this, is, this is on my acting side, just breaking into the industry. Um, a lot of extra work, because like you said, I didn't know at first, right? So just get oh. into the extra, just, just get into <laughs> the bottom, you know, just get into the bottom one. Um, so like I said, a lot of extra work. Uh, I was fortunate enough, like I said, living in North Hollywood to where I would get booked on, you know, quite a few things. And of course, I didn't tell anybody because everybody in North Hollywood, California is an actor. So of course, I didn't tell anybody, right? Um, commercials. So I've done a few commercials with my cat. Oh, cool. Uh, a few delivery commercials. Um, I'm actually on the editing side right now, like we were talking about going behind the camera. Um, I'm on the editing side. We're editing for a movie that we just submitted to a few film festivals in Florida called Hey Bro. And that is with, uh, like I said, one of the guys that I work with regularly, he's putting together his own movie. And so, you know, just trying to get a team together. And then right now, just focusing on the show and trying to see which direction I want to take it in. So everybody that gives me criticism, like you, you know, you said, if I can make it more believable, if I can pick stories out from, you know, real life and, you know, that kind of thing, uh, it would sound more believable. So just taking criticism and just trying to launch it to see how far it can go. 
Mm. That's basically it. I don't necessarily have a, I mean, I have a goal, obviously, of wanting to be a writer, but I don't necessarily okay. say, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. Like I'm just going piece by piece and just letting it, letting the chips fall where they may, you know? So you're looking for like to create just like feature films and, and uh, series and stuff like that, or, or do you want to kind of branch out, do other mediums, maybe documentaries? Like what were you looking yeah, to I'm create? Thinking, I'm thinking series. I like okay. series. Like I'm, I'm fascinated with the, the court, you know, the court system and, and things like that. Like, I don't know what it is. And I, and just something fascinates me about the whole judicial system. But like I said, I wanted to make it short because I know everyone has no attention span anymore. <laughs> right? well, so. See, I partially disagree with you here. Like, okay. Okay. I, I think, I think you're, you're right, but it's different mediums. For okay. example, like, okay, I got a bit of a following on, on TikTok on a few channels, right? Yeah. And those, there's a lot of people that love these short form videos, right? Okay. But I know a lot of those people will never be interested in listening to a whole podcast, right? But then there's a subset of those people that will come over and will listen to the podcasts because they right. love podcasts and they love different forms of media. There's still a big love for film and TV shows and stuff like that, man. But it's just different types of people, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. And I, I get what you mean. I think, okay, if we're talking about the younger generation in general, people growing up, yeah. like w what, what are the, the things that they're more into? Yeah, there's going to be a lower attention span and stuff, but that doesn't account for everyone. It's just, oh. you know, different types of people and different interests and stuff. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like film and TV shows and, and cinema series will never die. They it's, won't. It's, it's just they... they there's just new forms of media that have entered the scene now, isn't there? There's short form and there's long form. Yeah. And, and I think, and, and you're right. And, and that's what I try to, um, to kind of model the show after just watching how all the bigger productions do it. Like for example, on YouTube, when you're looking at like these court shows on YouTube, they're usually in maybe 10 minute snippets, right? 10, 11 minute snippets and whole case is basically done in 10, 11 minutes. And so that's kind of what I wanted to model it after. Because you, it doesn't need to be fully, fully drawn out. You know, you get, the, you get the gist of it and that's basically it. Because I know that that demographic that's watching those court shows, they may not sit there for, you know, 45 minutes while we go through the whole creation of Jesus Christ, right? Like, it's like, okay, I'm watching this because I'm at work and I need something to take my mind off of work. So, you know, 10, 11 minutes, that's it just an in and out kind of thing no one wants you know my demographic or the demographic i should say that i'm shooting for doesn't necessarily want to sit there for at 30 minutes or 45 minutes does that kind of make sense sure but what do you make of like let's say science fiction shows like uh um yeah daredevil she hulk attorney at law uh these kind of shows where they'll take law and, and the aspects of what you're talking about but then yeah. kind of use it as a backdrop for other things like do you think you'd be interested in that do you what do you make of that as well like their usage of real life law and, and terms and terminology and then the presentation of that you know i i'm trying to think like i like it my only thing was and i think this was just growing up um i've always had like a different shows that are normal have never really intrigued me if that makes sense you know Def define like, normal <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay like like you said like you mentioned like a she-hawk or something like serious 
ish type shows okay. like those never really really intrigued me like i always liked shows that went outside of the box you know that weren't your traditional show like f is for family something like that you know or or something like uh the other show on netflix with the monsters and you know the hormone monsters and things like that where it's just completely crazy crazy like i like those kind of shows and south park obviously right like i like those kind of shows like the <laughs> the just the obscene stuff and so that's where a lot of my writing comes from and that's where again the motivation from like going court shows to try to make them a little bit more out there. That's where it goes. So I, you know, and obviously I would love to write and learn from some of the best writers in the industry, you know, but I, I want to get on something similar to where I can kind of just let my mind go where it's not like, okay, I can't say this because it's on network TV. I can't say this because it's on, you know, but at the same time I, I want to learn. So it's a, you know how you're constantly battling with yourself, right? You're constantly battling. You're like, do I go this way or do I go that way? And I think that's where it came for me, you know, just trying to figure out which way. Do I want to go the normal way or do I want to go the completely weird way where this isn't going to have maybe a lot of fans, but it'll have a niche audience, you know? It'll that's, have... You know, that's a really good point. I've never thought about that. It's, yeah. Having an audience of any type is, is key. You right. know, one thing I, I've been trying to do more and more, say, with this podcast is be very grateful and, and to, to, the, to the few people that do listen to it. Like, again, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Um, because that is a small niche of people. You know, I don't, mm. the fact of the matter is I don't have millions of people listening and watching this podcast. And that's OK, yeah. because there's at least a handful of people, maybe five people that are listening and watching it. And those people are engaged in it mm. and they look forward to it and they're you know yeah just engaged in it. and i think that's really important and it kind of goes back to our conversation before about you know just just doing things because you love them and and also having a passion for them like it's that's exactly what it is yeah like and i, I yeah i i think because i've been told like the way that i approach things is is unorthodox and not always the right way and i agree um i'm very stubborn as a human being <laughs> okay and yeah I'm, I'm honest it's a flaw of mine i kind of have to do things my way and yeah. I will try to follow the rules to some extent, but I'm uh, so stubborn. Um, <laughs> I Outside it. the box. You're doing it your way. I get it. Well, no, I just don't like being told what to do. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I can't do the nine to five because I can't have a boss. It just bugs me. Um, I can have, I can have a, okay. Real talk, like if I'm working with a with a director, right? Yeah. And there, and I said, one of the first things I normally say is, "Hey, are you open to collaboration, or, or are you kind of more just like call the shot?" And almost every director I think I've ever worked with has always been very like, "No, no, no, throw ideas. Let me know what you want." Um, and okay. I'm like, "Cool." Not because I want to change the show. I want to make it better. I want to make this as believable as possible. And so okay. I'll, I'll throw ideas. Sometimes even just something as simple as like, "What if we were to just." do this particular camera shot what do you think of that you know i got you just little little thing like let's tweak this what about this what if the character would say it this way like you know i want it to be as good as possible because that's what i believe in the vision that because acting you know at least from a visual perspective like visual acting is is a, is a visual medium so it's all about right. the shot and like for instance i was watching um 
I've been I've been catching up on all those Marvel um, okay. series from like the, from 2015 to 2017, right? And one yeah. of the things that I noticed in particular is that visually, each one of the shows has a different way that they've shot it. They've all got like something in common, but in particular, mm-hmm. like Luke Cage, for example, I I love the 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 visuals in Luke Cage. Sometimes like something as simple as like there'll be the, in the club scenes at the top. Of, have you seen Luke Cage, by the way? I have, yes. Okay, cool, yes, cool. Yes. So, yeah, I'm following you. I'm following <laughs> right. you. Right. So, like in the club scenes at the top of the place, when you've got the the Biggie Smalls um, uh, portrait in the background, and it'll always be yeah. behind a troubled villain character. So it'd be like, um, I can't remember their names now. That they escapes me. But it's 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 kind of like it's like a metaphor. It's like they've done yeah. that visually, on, like on purpose to kind of imply certain things. But even just like, like a little Easter egg, yeah, right. But also like their choice of color is 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 interesting. Like they use like rich tones of like gold and stuff. There's like this golden kind of sepia tone about it, which is mm. almost like. I don't know, like reminiscent uh, Motown, 70s music. I don't know. It's, it's got that kind of like vibe. Because obviously one of the b- background um, things with Luke Cage is it's, it's trying to kind of like talk about um, the struggle of, of, of the black person in growing up in, in Harlem, you know, and, and what that can right. be over time, right? But it's also got its own visual look. And then mm-hmm. if you watch, say... Um, would be a, a something different if like Jessica Jones is is more kind of going for that PI kind of thing and mm-hmm. you know, and the, and it, it, there's a lot more kind of like blue tones used like kind of gritty blue dark like tones I can't I can't really explain but you know what I mean right it's it's like yeah the, I know exactly what you mean I and love and this stuff that you notice when you're in the industry right it's stuff that you notice because you're paying attention to it right more so than just say a normal person that's just sitting there watching a TV show, you know, and that's, and that's another thing that, you know, I, I've brought up like since getting into the industry and focusing more, you know, and focusing, okay, the acting is fine, whatever, but looking at the background behind the acting, Mm. like, oh, they put that in there. Oh, that was kind of cool. And you start looking at different things, right? You're not looking so much of a surface aspect of it. You're looking more so about, oh, okay. Colors are different oh, okay, that person in the background, you know, extra or whatever. Okay, I saw them in another scene, so they messed up on the continuity. You know, you <laughs> oh, that shit bugs me, man, when they do that. Yeah, it you sucks me right out. <laughs> in the industry, and it's like, oh, crap. I wish I could just watch somebody enjoy their acting and then just be done and turn it off in 30 minutes or an hour. But it's like, oh, now I'm looking at the lights. Now I'm looking at the people in the background. Now I'm looking at how they said this line. Now I'm looking at how they did this. And you're picking up tips and you're just trying to, hey, I wonder how they did that. You know, it's just so much more analyzation. Once you've seen it up close, you're like, okay, what's going on in these people's minds? You know, how are they doing this? I hate it when you know? you've got you've got like a, a show where it's got really good actors, but then there's like a supporting actor that sucks. Right, and it, like th- it happened in Daredevil. I, w- I won't give it away, but there's a particular episode right where everyone is brit- brilliant, and then there's this particular guy that's in there who's a supporting character. He's only in it for like a few episodes, but yeah. his his acting was so trash, and I was like, what? Oh, it just ruins the whole scene. Like, no, please, just have him. He was better when he was a mute. Please, <laughs> no more dialogue. Like, <laughs> like come on. Um, but it really, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the ability to suspend your disbelief. That's so important in acting. And 
you know, little things like making mistakes, like in Game of Thrones, where they left the coffee cup on the fucking side. Like, yeah, you make mistakes, but when it's like a bad act, I don't think there's ever any excuse for bad acting or, you know, like just things like, you know, really distracting lighting or, or something distracting. Like, okay, we're talking about extras, right? Um, right. You've got to keep your extras in check. Like, I saw something on uh, TikTok about two years ago during the pandemic. It was an old period drama created in the UK. I don't know, something to the Crown. Maybe it was the Crown, the series. I yeah. don't know. But anyway, there was this guy who was an extra in one of the scenes, and he's he made a point of showing the clip of him basically breaking the fourth wall. So he kind of looks back and then looks directly at the camera and oh. smiles and then looks away. And so he he milked this online. Yeah. And a lot of people found it funny and stuff. And he had little five minutes of fame. But then a lot more people were saying, well, you, you know, you've just kind of completely destroyed your chances at a career because now they're going to see this and they're going to be like, oh, that was a mistake. Who knows? Maybe they even cut the scene out, but they're going to, they're not going to want to work with you again. A, no purpose, a, du- a mistake done on purpose. Well, yeah. 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 I, so I don't... That's what makes it even worse is that he was trying to do it on purpose. And that, and because, right, because when you're an extra, that's one of the first things that they always tell you is number one, never look at the camera, never look at the actors, never, you know, unless an actor is going to engage with you. Mm-hmm you don't go up to an actor and say anything like, Hey, I saw you in the, Hey, can I have your audit? Like you, your star struckness has to be <laughs> null and void. Like you just are doing what you're supposed to do head down. And then, you know, you go back into your little area and go get some snacks. <laughs> you know, that's right. And that's what they tell you. And you'll work 16 hour days and you're going to love it because you're going to get, you know, that's what well, they tell you. And, I'll, no. I'll, say, I'll say this though like and i'm sure you've got the same experience too where like yeah. every production is different when it comes to extras work like some places yeah. will treat you really well and some people mm-hmm. will treat you like trash and there's yeah. no there's no in between like it's either really good or really trash and it's it's funny uh it really is um but yeah i, I don't know i couldn't ever really get over that 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 divide thing we were talking about earlier like um because yeah. some, some, some actors have like really bad egos and some are like really sweet. Like I remember, and I, th- I think I've said this on the show before, but when I was uh, in Tenet, I remember yeah. I was being moved from one scene to another or one, sorry, one location to another. And we were about to do another scene. And um, there was like a little mini trailer on set that I don't know. I just assumed it was just a crew one. I, I don't know. Like it was away from the area where all the rest of the people's trailers were. So whatever and um the actress i think her name's elizabeth debecky she's a really tall actress she's about probably like six foot five very very stunningly beautiful woman like just visually striking right and imagine like we're all in a single file line it's like school we're just being like (laughs) pushed to go somewhere very slowly and she comes out of her trailer and she looks directly at me in the eyes and i look at her and i smile and she smiles back and i was just like right on uh, I just kept walking on. And I was like, that was surreal. Uh, yeah. like, but not, not like starstruck or anything, just kind of like yeah. a surreal moment. But like, she was really down to earth. But I have seen that where like main actors have, have had a bit of an ego. Like, like, oh, I'm not sitting with the commoners. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm the main cast. I'm, I'm above you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, heck, you see that with extras and other backgrounds. I know, <laughs> you know I know, I, mean? I know, I know. It's so hilarious when people get that. You oh. see that with extras and other background characters where they, you know, people where they don't want to, you know, talk to you or whatever, or where they walk in like, yeah, I know we're all non-union, but I'm better non-union than you. It's <laughs> like, there, what? There was a shoot I was on a while back where yeah. there was a guy walking around with his hand in his pockets, kind of blase. Like, he just looked like an assuming guy, like, you know, quite nice, I guess. I don't know. And we got into, yeah, a, sure. a, we got into a little group and we were all talking just casually, yeah. wait, waiting for another scene. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I do these all the time. Yeah, I'm doing a project tomorrow, 100K. Da, 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 da. Like, he's, he's just like, oh, I'll take it or leave it, you know. Like, kind of trying to show off. And the guy oh. next to me is like defending him, like, oh yeah, no, he's lovely. This guy's great. And I'm sitting there thinking in, in my head, I'm like, is he? Isn't he? this just comes across very like shitty? Like I can't even even if I was a big successful actor, I don't know that I would ever feel comfortable. Like I call it big leaguing. That's what I call mm-hmm. it. When you're kind of just walking around like, oh yeah, I've been in this and this and this. What have you been in? It's like it's very low, man. I don't know. It, it is. But, I, but you know, I think in that point, you know, there's something to be said, you know how they say, well, if you're like rich or if you're famous or if you're smart or if you're whatever, you don't have to tell people, people just know. I think that's, you know, where it comes down to, you know, part of it is that you don't have to brag about what you've done if, you know, you're legit. Because what is that going to do? Okay, so I go on to a shoot, you know, I go onto, onto a set and I talk to you and I'm like, oh, yeah, I was in okay, I was in She-Hawk yesterday. Okay, and? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right, what, like, what do you, that doesn't do anything. Like, what does that do for us? We're both on the exact same shoot getting the exact same money. So what is that, that does nothing. And so I never understood that also, you know, where people will go and say, oh, I did this, I did that, I did this. Okay. I mean, congratulations, I guess, right? I just, I just, I don't understand why it's so difficult for people to just be humble. You know, like at the end of the day, even if you do become a big deal, like you're still a human being. You still sure. piss, eat, shit, sleep. Like, you know, what makes sure. you better than anyone? Else? Like everyone's the same. You know, it's just different. Like, don't get me wrong. You've worked hard to get to where you are and you've had your opportunity right. and everything. And that's that should, you know, it's, sh- should be respected. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I don't know that it's ever a noble thing to to brag and be like, I did this. I did this. Isn't this wonderful? Like. I don't know. I, I've never liked that kind of behavior. All my life, I've always kind of uh, been violently opposed to that. Like, I, I like when <laughs> violently. I violently, well, <laughs> okay. okay, like, for instance, <laughs> violently opposed. No, like, you hear somebody that brags and you're just like, okay, I need to hit them in the Shut face them. with a brick. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. No, but like, okay, like that, 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 in, that instance I gave as an example earlier where the, where the guy was like bragging, I just walked away. <laughs> it's just like i don't yeah. and listen to this i'm gonna to talk to someone else over there that's like a halfway decent quiet yeah no i just you know, i don't know man i just i don't get that you know yeah. in, in in life in general it doesn't matter what you're doing like forget the entertainment industry just in general what 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 positives are there to bragging about there, stuff, there stuff, you know? i guess it makes you feel good you know i mean i guess it makes the person feel good but you know one thing i was gonna bring up and I, before I forget, was the engagement thing that you were talking about earlier. You mentioned how, um, you know, you said there are like five people or, you know, a handful of people or whatever that, you know, enjoy your show and, and things like that. And that's one thing I can honestly say that is a huge inspiration mm-hmm. to keep going also. 
you mm, know absolutely right because you know as you mentioned okay you you might not have a million people okay you might not have a gajillion followers and a billion fo- and all this kind of stuff but the few people that you do have mm-hmm. that you know that are excited to watch your podcast to listen to your podcast that makes you wake up and say okay you know what i was going to give this up but such and such you know what i mean like this i, had I like moment. the fact that they want it you know I had a moment like that about a year ago. Yeah. I was considering giving up the show. The, uh, same as you, I've been doing it for two years. And, you know, I'm very transparent with my audience online. Like, I'll tell them if I'm not happy about things or if I'm happy about things. And I always try to be grateful for everything that I have okay. and, and thankful. But occasionally, look, I'm a human being. Sometimes I moan, I'll get frustrated. I'll be like, why is this not going yeah. anywhere? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what, it, it, what happened was there was kind of, the views and the listens took a drop, like a mm-hmm. significant drop. And then there was just no kind of engagement at all, like no comments, nothing. And I kind of then thought that, oh, okay. So I guess it's just kind of like morbid curiosity. Like people, there's not really an audience there because it was very yes. erratic. Like if it had been like 10, at one point about a year or two ago, it was like 20 people every time. And I was like, oh, great. This is like, you know, okay say for a few let's say there's about like 10 15 people definitely watching every single time amazing right but then it drops off and tapers off and i'm like oh okay maybe 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 i'm doing something wrong because then you point fingers at yourself you're like what what am i doing wrong what can i do to make it better and then i kind of thought like maybe i'm just not good at this maybe this just sucks this is just not interesting you know maybe i should give this up and then people you know i started talking about that online i was like oh you know my feelings and then a few people were like chimed in like oh i love this and i love this episode and this was really good and i was like like oh this got me this and i've said this before on the show so sorry for i don't know how many times don't know how many times i said that as well sorry for sorry but um yeah yeah, people telling me that you know that something got them through a hard time or something and that's when it started being like quite real i was like oh okay this this is a reason to keep going because it gives other people like hope, motivation, entertainment, even if it's just like a laugh or, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bit of fun for like 20 yeah. minutes or an hour or whatever the case may be. Like that's worth something that to me is, is worth the world. So who cares if it doesn't get like a thousand views, million views, like those five people that are checking it out. Thank you so much. You mm-hmm. rock and I'll keep going for you. So there you go. That's what, and that, and that's exactly what it is. It's just, I think, and I, you know, I'm just speaking from experience, but I think that we're similar in a way that, you know, I think actors in, in general, you know, anybody that wants to be in the industry, I think there's going to be a time where you're contemplating giving up, you Absolutely. know, maybe because things aren't going as quickly as you think they should, or just something kind of takes your, you know, you're just like, oh man, maybe I'm like you said, maybe I'm just not good at this. Maybe I need to try something new. And I think when there is something that boosts you back up, that lets you know that you're on the right path, right? Something that says, okay, I'm at my lowest right now. I, I have no ideas. Nobody's watching this. I suck. But then when something comes and, and puts you right back on the, okay, you know, maybe I can do this. I think that's kind of, I don't know, karma or the world or, or just something, whatever, kind of telling you like, this is your path this is where you need to go and this is where you need to be. It's going to be hard, right? It's not going to be easy and it's not going to come like overnight, but this is, you're okay. You know, you're, you're okay. Just keep going, just keep going. And, and I use that a lot too, to where, you know, there was a a time, maybe two months 
I didn't write anything because mentally I was just like, I, I have nothing. I, you know, I have nothing. I, I have no ideas. Um, no one cares. This is just too weird. You know, this is, this is just too out there to not be a huge production, right? If it was like a huge production on like a Netflix, people would love it. Oh my God. But, but I was like, maybe this is just too out there. But then, like you said, a few people would come to me and say, hey, you know, this was kind of funny or this was kind of stupid. Or if my mom says, oh, this made me laugh, I'd be like, okay, well, I guess it's time to turn back on some court shows and, and make these, you know, and make these cases as weird as possible. Or your friends do the same thing or people online do the same thing. And you're like, hey, I needed this to get through my day mm. or I needed this to get through something I was going on, you know, that was going on in my life. And this helped me get my mind off of the issues that I was having, even if it is for 30 minutes, an hour, however long, but it helped them to not focus on, on life. And I think that, I, I think when we get to that point, you know, as entertainers, I think when we get to that point, it is more of a passion as opposed to I'm doing it for money. You know, you're doing it for the right reasons. Now you're doing it for people and for yourself. And I think that's, you know, that's huge. And that's what'll keep you going to be genuinely passionate, you know? I, I will say this, like for me, when it comes to acting, I want to make that a career and I want to earn money from it. But with the, right, podca with the podcast, I don't necessarily care about it making money, but mm -hmm. I, do, I do want it to reach people. Right. Because I feel like every episode has something to offer. I truly believe that. Every time I walk away from it, I walk away inspired. I, you know, I was really looking forward to today's uh, episode you know i was like oh it's gonna be really fun and you know like i i was trying to get <laughs> this is why i was late by the way i was at the gym and i was trying to quickly get it in the get in and come down and and do the episode and i'd done a live stream earlier in the day where i'd spoken about like, oh, okay this gonna be doing this so i was like really excited for it and then i get to do it and then it's uh, every time same feeling I'm like yeah this is inspiring. This, I love doing this. I always get something out of it. You know, you get to talk to people as well. Have a conversation right. with someone from across the, across the pond somewhere in a different yeah. part of the world and just connect with them and share stories. You know, I had no idea, for instance, that we would talk so much about acting in the entertainment industry. That's a surprise, but a welcome one. And it's made for a really, really good show. And it's like, that's kind of the excitement in the podcasting world is the unknown and how you keep going <laughs> yeah. forward. And I feel like with, with your show as well, it'll be the same thing. You keep going and go, I'm sure in the last two years, you've seen certain changes, either things you've tweaked or things that have just changed over time through repetition. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, the, the first, so it's on season four now and the first season, um, so one thing that I think inspired me in the very, 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 very beginning was something that I, I heard one of the Simpsons uh, creators say, and they said that, and the gentleman said that, put it out there because his whole thing was when the Simpsons first came out, it was horrible, mm. right? He said the, the, um, the illustrations were bad. The cartoons looked horrible. The writing was like, you know, eh, you know, kind of iffy. He said, but, they put it out there and then it kept growing and getting better and better. And then once you put it out there, you can see what you need to tweak, right? Because it's, it's out there now. It's not just in your mind because you're not going to just come up with something, you know, an idea, put it out there and it'd be perfect in, in the beginning, right? It's not going to be perfect. You're going to have to see it 
tweak it, tweak it, tweak it. And I think that's one thing, um, like you mentioned, like with the show, you know, the first two seasons, the writing was, you know, a little weird and, and it didn't, you know, there was nothing basically to it, but it was putting it out there so that way it can be tweaked. And then by the third, um, by the third season, there was an intro, um, you know, it was more, I don't know, I think I had everything outlined a little bit better. And then by season four, it's, you know, it's completely different where things are outlined. Everybody is basically on the same like kind of thing with the exception of the type of story that it is, but everybody has pretty much the same outline of how they're going to talk, how they're going to do it. We have an intro now. I mean, it's, it's growing, but it, it wasn't, you know, season one. And like you said, every time you look at your art, your work, you're like, okay, I need to fix that. I need to fix that. I need to fix that. I need to change that. I can tweak that. And I think that's part of the fun about it too. You know, that's part of the fun part of the process is that there's always something you can change, always something you can tweak, always something that you can learn because it's ever changing and it's art and it's always changing, which is so, I think, which is one of the best things about this whole industry. You never know what's going to hit. You know, you just have to keep changing it and trying new things, right? This is what I needed to hear today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. A couple of quick fire questions, a bunch of different quick fire questions for you. Just All right. hitting you, throwing, throwing these out there. Uh, what have been the biggest lessons you've learned from acting so far? Um, I think it's stay humble um stay humble and stay grateful and and, and here's why though and i know that tie, ties into mm -hmm. like kind of what we were talking about coincidentally it does right it ties into what we were just talking about and it's because i noticed that i was fortunate enough to get um you know a lot of like extra roles and things like that uh, for not even wanting not i don't want to say not wanting to be but for not knowing anything about the industry right so i was fortunate enough to get like i said a lot of roles and things like that and I, I had no idea. And so anytime I would get a role, it would be, oh, I'm just grateful to get this role. Like, I'm just happy to get it. Wasn't, it was never like, oh, I got this. Look at me. I'm going to post it on Facebook and, and whatever and tell everybody, you know, it was just like, oh, okay, you know, cool. But then I also noticed people that have been doing it for so many years, like acting for so many years, and they've let their ego get ahead of them to where, oh, I'm not going to take this part because it might be paid, but it's not enough for me. Mm. right and mind you these are just extras these are just background i'm not talking about like actors actors but even some like you know kind of lower lower level actors same thing once they get into something they have a tendency to think now they're a little bit higher than they are so now i won't take this role because it doesn't pay enough now i won't take this role because of dot 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 but then i noticed the people that were humble that were always just like yeah i'll take it i don't care like danny trejo look at all the movies that he's in he plays in some crazy movies from, you know, Hollywood blockbuster, amazing Quentin Tarantino movies to movies that you might just see on like Tubi that you're like, wait, what? He did this in, you know, you know and it's some like sci-fi asylum type movie. And you're just like, what? You know, I think having that mentality where, yeah, I'll just take it as long as everybody's cool, I'll, I'll take it. I think that gets you a lot further than just being, I'm better than everybody. So that's one thing that I've, and that's actually, you know, gone over into real life, too. So I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from acting and from being in this entertainment industry. Fantastic. What are the biggest lessons you've learned from writing? Anything can be changed. 
(laughs) (laughs) anything yeah anything can be changed and tweaked and nothing is permanent you know and i think that comes from say like writing a full script and then going back and being like okay well now that this full script is written I can have this part tie into this part to make you give it a little bit more depth or a little bit more detail. Um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things from writing and, and to not be afraid to write, right? Not be afraid to put your thoughts on paper, not, you know, not be, you know, not keeping the creativity um, inside of you. Mm. Because like you said, even if a million people don't listen, follow, whatever, whatever, this is still your, in a way, truth, right? This is still your creativity coming out. And this is still you putting it out there. Whether it is crazy, people don't like it, it doesn't matter. It's something that's inside of you that you have the itch for, the knack for. You just have to put it out there. It sucks, big deal. You put it out there. Nobody can, nobody can fault you for that because you tried. You did it, you know, versus that guy that's sitting inside of an office and he's got so many ideas, but he's just like, oh, I'm just going to work for a pension. I don't care about this creativity stuff. Like we're out there doing it. So yeah. that's, I mean, it's just so much stuff, you know, that you learn. And I was that guy. I was that guy, you know, growing up, I was, I did finance. Like that was my background. My background has always been finance, numbers, uh, stocks. That's my background, credit. But, you know, you get into this industry and your mind just expands so much. There's like so much more. And so that's, I think, one of the bigger, biggest lessons I've learned from writing is just to expand your mind, you know? Brilliant stuff. And now I've got to ask you, since you shared that, <laughs> sure. can you share some stories from your finance days? Anything crazy you experienced or out there? Um, so I used to work for a car dealership. Absolutely. Uh, so I used to work for a car dealership and we would, um, I had this one manager he's an amazing manager. He used to make money. He used to attempt to make money on literally everybody. And, and I don't mean maybe a couple hundred dollars. I'm talking about thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. And I remember one young lady came in to the dealership and she bought, she bought a Mazda. And the whole time we were telling her, she was on the phone with her boyfriend or on the phone with her husband or something. And she's like, hey, can you come down here to just go over the numbers, make sure everything is okay? He wouldn't do it. So, okay. So she signs papers, all that kind of stuff. Turns out that it was like a a $11,000 profit because she didn't pay attention. You know, she just didn't know. She was asking him to come down the whole time, $11,000. The next day, me and the manager who had done the whole deal, we're both off. Her boyfriend or husband comes back in and with a Red Bull can hits my general manager in the head with a Red Bull can because his wife was basically now in debt for the next 84 months. So he's upset or girlfriend, whatever. He's upset, hits her with and then just takes off and just runs. And now everyone else in the dealership is either like hiding under the desk. My other sales manager, he's in the back doing something else. And like I said, guy just takes off and runs. And this was somewhere around Easter or whatever, that was probably one of the craziest. And again, me nor the other manager that actually did the deal was there. And in fact, the general manager who got hit in the head with a a Red Bull can before he left the day before said, make sure you take care of her because she's like family. And so we did. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but he ended up going to jail and all that kind of stuff. So preferring it, it a Red Bull can, Dev. Yeah, well, I mean, he assaulted <laughs> my general manager in the head. So you know, kind for of, real, he went to prison for that. Yeah, I mean, only for like a couple of days, not like prison, just like oh, you jail. Know, jail, like lock up. Yeah, yeah, just like lock up yeah. or whatever. But yeah, that was uh, we had some fun. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely we definitely had some fun some fun times but again that was the nine to five or nine to nine because it was car business that was like the nine to nine thing and then you know i learned about this business and then once you get hooked into this business it's hard to come out no matter no matter what you try it's always in the back of your mind and you're always just like oh i miss it you know you got any uh, crazy customer service stories no more than usual to be honest with you um you know, call somebody on the phone, they curse you out, or they tell you that you, you know, put something in their, you know, normal, just normal stuff. And then mentally, you just kind of check out, you start thinking about food or what you're going to eat the next day, you know, you you just kind of check out while they're laughing or cursing at you. And then you get back (laughs) on the phone, and it's kind of stopped. And they're like, well, uh, did you hear anything I said? Like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, you know, whatever. So yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. I said, my most interesting stories were in the car business, for sure. Or definitely car business because that's a yeah well yeah and actually let me ask you a question what have you learned from everything from your entertainment dealings oh damn flipping the script on me <laughs> um <laughs> hmm. that's a good question that is a that's a good question that you had there's a lot of things i've learned <clears throat> well we'll say what's one that you take in your regular life now Again, this is this is thrown, this is thrown me. Um, oh, biggest lesson I've learned from the entertainment industry. <sighs> so, to be honest, the, the only thing that's coming to mind is, is is what you said is is just like keeping your ego in check. I think um, not that I had a particularly big ego before. Like I be, I believe in myself. Don't get me wrong. I th- I think it's important to have confidence and stuff. But time and time again, I've seen what you've seen and experienced what you've seen, which is just people like, you know, I said this before on the show. I, I don't know if, um, I don't know if I've actually said this on the show before. Maybe, maybe I have, uh, I did an audition fairly recently and, and there was a guy there who just didn't bother saying hello. didn't even acknowledge me, uh, or the guy I was with. And I kind of looked at that like, okay, so some like what it was teaching me is that some people have like really bad attitudes in the industry and then there's everyone else that you know right. does, doesn't have that attitude uh but depending on what the production is and who you're working with sometimes that person might be like really important they might be like a director or the lead actor and then that makes it more difficult right mm-hmm. so the only thing you kind of really do is focus on what you're doing and your attitude and how you treat people like don't worry about how they're treating people worry about what you're doing and i feel like you know it's funny i feel like everything that i've learned in the past year or two years is preparing me for like the eventual day when i become a big success or whatever so that i know how to act properly do you know what do you know what i mean like it's not even like it's like for example um knowing how to treat fans i've seen so many instances of people online and i've had bad experiences of celebrities myself which makes me just 
never want to meet them because <laughs> I've just only had bad experience. Well, it's not, I don't want to, they say never meet your heroes and it's like, never meet your heroes. I was just about to say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah like there's, there's some, heroes, like so, some, yeah. sometimes that's wrong and I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that's when funny. that's, when that's wrong. But for the most time, for the most part, it's, it's true in the sense that like, and maybe, maybe it is just catching people off on the bad day. I mean, I've seen, for instance, I'm a wrestling fan and you know, sometimes when okay. I see like wrestlers say like, Oh, don't, you know, if you approach me at 3 a.m. in the in the airport and shove a camera phone in my face, don't expect me to smile. And I'm like, I totally get that. Like, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that's legit. But and like, for instance, I saw something the other day, which was brilliant. It was like John Cena in London. And there was a, a, another ex- instance of like a guy shoving a phone in his face and recording mm. him. And John was like, really just like polite and just like, hey, listen. You, you film me without my consent you keep doing this and i've i've asked you not to and i'm not going to do anything for you and and then he sort of sarcastically says like yeah thank you for being respectful thank you for for asking yeah. me you know and sort of walks out and then i saw in the comments that some people were just like oh why didn't john do this why didn't john do that but most people were saying like well done to john for his professional right. and and that's the way i look at it it's like just treat people with respect and and treat people how you would want to be treated and and yeah keep your ego in check like don't let mm-hmm. like just because people are clapping and applauding you and, and telling you how brilliant you are like that doesn't mean you need to let that get to your head like say thank you you know mm-hmm. be grateful and then just move on and that's it easy Go as that some more stuff Go right yeah stuff. exactly yeah keep yep. creating keep doing keep creating stuff of value um give those people a reason to stay fans <laughs> exactly and that's what it is oh you know what speaking of though what was the feeling like? How was your feeling the first time you saw yourself on TV? Uh, I think I cringed. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, come on, <laughs> awkward, isn't it? Like, I think it was a short film, and yeah. I was just like, oh, oh. Okay, so aside from <laughs> judging, like maybe, like maybe you know, it wasn't what, like what made you cringe? Was it like the acting, or was it just the fact that you saw yourself on TV and you're just like, like what made you, what made you cringe? Oh, it's my big stupid face and the way I sat, the way <laughs> okay. I sounded. I was like, oh, you sound like a jackass. Like, just I hated it. And, and was so- this your first, your first, like your first production, your first like on camera thing, or? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always recorded stuff like mm-hmm. video and stuff, but yeah, this was like first official with like a proper camera and everything. And it took ages for it to be released and it was finally released. And I was just like, like I tried to look at it objectively and be like, okay, okay. like, like I always, I, I watch back my stuff for the acting stuff to kind of see where I can improve, like what I'm getting better oh. at, what, what mistakes I'm making. Like I, I do that. Um, right but I don't really tend to sit down and watch myself because I just, why, why, why would you, I just, you know what I mean? Um, Like for instance, I remember one short film I did, the guy that I was acting with was an amazing actor. He was more into like um, directorial stuff, but he was, he was amazing. And it was a real pleasure to, to act with this guy. And every time I watch back that uh, short film, I couldn't give two shits about myself. I'm just, enthralled at his performance with his acting yeah like i'm just like i always tell people like yeah go check this guy out it's amazing but he's not pursuing acting and i I don't know why he's brilliant but um it is what it is but yeah i don't know i mean i guess it comes down to that whole ego thing isn't it like i i don't really see myself as as just anything i'm just i'm just a guy with dreams really that's that's it um 
and yeah like it's it's i mean it's kind of cool i suppose to, yeah to see yourself doing the thing that you love and that you're pursuing like that's that's cool but at the same time yeah i just uh you, you know what's funny it's not mm. acting but like I, <laughs> I don't know how to explain this properly but like whenever someone let's say in real life comes uh -huh. up to me uh like a friend or someone like i'll give an example i started doing bar work recently um just to okay. make ends meet like here and there and it's it's great like i hadn't done bar work in like five years and i enjoy it it's hard work but hey pays the bills right and uh gets me out That's of the house what it's about. <laughs> right yeah gotta make that money man um and so my housemate who works with me there tells me that one of the girls working there recognizes me from like a tiktok video and i just died inside i was like oh no and he's like that's great you're getting exposure and i was like no 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 see that would be fine if all of my stuff was like really serious acting stuff you know because then oh, it'd be like oh okay right. i bet i bet the video she's seen is of me just doing a stupid <laughs> stupid right and i just some right. stupid video with me going like, and that's more likely and i was just embarrassed and he was like well this, it's a good thing and i'm like it's really oh it's mm. great <laughs> and that that's me man that's my awkward like if i was in real life and you told me how like how brilliant i was i'd probably just get really shy and yeah. like start blushing <laughs> I just right. I, I don't know how to take like it's um people tell me off online because I'm bad at taking compliments right so I I'm even worse in real life. Yep. <laughs> but I'm just being honest, man. I, that's how it is. I yeah. Um, but you know. Yeah. It no, is what but it is. I think that's what it is. But I think that's part of staying humble, also. Sure. You know, I, I, so, so no, I think you're, you've got it all the way around, you know, when somebody sees you regardless of whatever, staying humble and not taking the compliment, you know? Thank you very much for watching this episode of the Christian Reeve podcast. Tune in next time to watch part two.